Right, welcome into the Primary Residential Mortgage Armchair Quarterback. I'm a hurting Tony Lombardi. This is Drew Forster. I, I got something for True, you. true. God, Lee, I actually, got, it was my, my birthday. I know. I got something for you. You do? This is going to make you feel a lot better. I hope so. Because the Ravens won. <laughs> yes. Steelers lost. And I got just the tonic for you. Okay. I brought Ethan along. Ethan, come on, come on in. Thank you, Ethan. My friends at Duclaw, thank you. Yeah. My friends at Duclaw have, and you, you can pick which one you want, a little hair on the dog for you, or hair of the dog, or whatever the... I'll go with funk. Okay, so Because I am feeling funk. Blueberry go. citrus wheat. Knock yourself out. I knew this is what you needed. As soon as you told me you were hungover, it goes all over your computer. It's okay. <laughs> Cheers. Merry Christmas. Salute. And that's, that's what you need. And we're allowed to do this because, uh, you know, it's the internet. You can do anything on the internet. You can drink on the internet. It doesn't matter. I feel better already. That's all you needed. That'll fix you up. All right, well, so, the, the thank Ravens... You my friends at Duclaw, by the way. Yes, thank you, Duclaw. Ravens made us feel better. <laughs> what a game. We, we talked last week that it really wasn't about Lamar against that defense. It was more about the Ravens' defense against Phillip Rivers. And, man, did they have answers for him. From the first play. I mean, from the very first what play. What a terrific interception. Um, we'll talk, uh, as they say, ad nauseum about the game. But I just want to say this real quick about Rivers. Um... He's had a really, really, really good career, right? Uh, I, you know, at this stage, I guess he's a borderline Hall of Famer. I still think he's going to have to get to a Super Bowl to take the next step up to where he becomes now like a real viable candidate. But I think his numbers and his longevity will get, he'll get in the room. We always use that term, right? Like, he'll get in the room someday. As one he'll of be the in 15, the discussion. It'll be a, he'll be one of the 15 finalists right. someday. Um, but he has done this a lot in his career. He has had these kind of performances. I'm not trying to diminish what the Ravens did, but he's had a lot of these performances in his career where big game, big moment, a lot of them at home, and he has... It's he's true. He's done it a lot. It, it's and true. just as a flip or a con con contrarian point to that or whatever you want to say you look at what Roethlisberger did yesterday against the Saints, right? Like, all, you know, he did everything he could do except win the game for him. He can't play defensive back. And, you know, if that kid just falls on the ground at the end, well, and there's no telling if Boswell makes the field goal, obviously. Right. But it, it, it's just a... That's always an adventure. The, the two of them have such a... There's such a difference. In, and Roethlisberger's obviously won two Super Bowls and has been to three, and Rivers doesn't have one. But there's such a difference in the two of them in terms of the way they kind of man up. And Rivers was a bust on Saturday night. I mean, like a complete flop. At one point, he got tackled, and he took his helmet off in, a, in an attempt to get the referee to call right. a penalty. Like, A, That's desperation I almost right compliment there. him for thinking that quickly, but B, like, dude, come on, man up a little bit here. You know, when you watched him play against the Chiefs, I thought the difference was that Despite all of the pressure around him, he was able to step up in the pocket and get his throws out. Because he's got that funny arm angle. He can sneak it through right. the line. But against the Ravens, the Ravens had interior pressure. And he didn't have that room to step up. I thought that was a big difference. And, you know, we talked about the interceptions, opening play. Brandon Carr heading into the season, I thought, was a guy, $6 million cap saving. He'll be gone. I don't think so anymore. That guy's got to come back. For $6 million the way he's playing, mm -hmm. that's a bargain in the NFL for mm -hmm. a corner. 
Every, you know, even Jefferson, who had two awful back-to-back -back mistakes, like the one minute of from hell, right? He had those two terrible penalties right. in a row. He played a remarkable second half. Everybody did. I mean, they basically pitched a shutout, save for Dixon coughing up the ball on the 20-yard line and the Chargers having a short field of scoring. They shut them out uh, of the end zone, except for that play of whatever it was, four plays, you know, 18 yards or whatever. Um, they, they just, they, 38 to 10 was probably more indicative of the score than 20 to 10. I agree. Now, granted, it was 16 to 10 with, um, yeah, it was 16 to 10 with, what, four minutes to go. And, you know, if that, if Gates, if Gates' knee hits the ground and then the ball gets punched out, they might score and win the game 17-16. So when I say 38-10, uh, you might look at it and say, oh, dude, it could have easily been 17-16. Maybe. But the, the complexion of the game revealed a much different score than 22-10. If just, they get in the red zone, they, if they score it on, that's the only knock you can make on Lamar as they've had in his six games – He's had a propensity for not getting them in the end zone. It's the one knock you can make. Now, again, the other team's trying to, and the shorter the field, sometimes the tougher it is to get in, particularly when you're not a thrower. So they can really jam the box knowing, in all likelihood, from the seven or eight yard line, he's not throwing the ball. But that's the one thing you can say that's, that he needs to improve on, you know, functionally is you've got to get these guys in the end zone. Yeah, I think it was, what, two times they had first and goal and got three points. Right. Because they went for him fourth down. What a terrible play that was. That was just Yeah, a Mar play. that was Marty's. <laughs> that was Marty rearing his head again. Like, <laughs> do anything but that. This goes back to, remember I said this before a couple weeks ago about the Super Bowl with Kaepernick and they were on the five-yard line. I would have just radioed into him and said, you got four plays to figure out how to get in the end zone. It's on you. Right. I don't care if you run all four They times. did the Ravens a favor in that Super Bowl throwing the ball. 100%. And I would say the same thing to Jackson. This, again, goes back to an earlier point we made week four. Uh, you and I and a bunch of people said they should just bring him in on every five yards and in scenario, every two-point conversion. Right. Whenever the Ravens get the ball inside the five, just bring Lamar in. Just bring him in and just say, here's the play call. You decide what it is. And let him just run around. Like, he's too good to not give him that sort of freedom. And having him throw that ball the other day was idiotic, <laughs> let's say the right. least. A couple of things, you know, when he did throw the ball, when, they, when the charges went up real quickly, two plays, two consecutive passes, and Andrews was running in from 68 yards out. Right, amazing. I mean, that was, that was ballsy. And it, I was glad to see that them give him the opportunity to do that right away instead of doing the same old, same old that they had been doing. Because I think the Chargers were a really good matchup and a test for the Ravens' offense because they're really fast laterally. They can they cover the field. They're, they're kind of small. I'm surprised that Marty just didn't run down their throats a little bit more. How about the third and 12 run where they got 15 yards? Right. Third and 12 and they right. run the ball and right. they get it. <laughs> that was Dixon, right? Right. Yeah, Dixon. that was a great yep. play. Um, yep. So anyway... Point being that I just think that this was a good matchup or a good test for the Ravens because Lamar didn't get outside the way he has in the previous five games because they're, they're so quick laterally, the Chargers. And the one big run that he had, he actually started out running through the tackle box and then he broke it outside. So really good test. And it was just for him to be able to make that throw to Andrews 
I hope that that builds confidence for him going forward because there are some throws that he made. You're like, wow, that's that's an NFL throw, and it really. You know, we're so used to watching the way Joe delivers the football, and that's that's a big man football right, right there. Right, right. And then you watch Lamar, and you're like. Is he ever going to get there as the a passer? Thing, right. The one thing I – and I'm going to write about this um, at my website this week. I, the one thing I hope they don't do, but I, I have a bad feeling they're going to try because the coaches have to do something to earn their $2 million, is I hope they don't try and, and completely sort of reinvent him. I, I, it, he reminds me so much of a golfer with a weird grip – or a weird takeaway, or some sort of sort of distinctly odd move in his swing, and yet score when you exchange cards at the end of the day, he's shot two under, and you're like, he shot two under with that swing, right. with that grip, with that move, and, and you know the golf ball. I always say this to my kids, Coward Hall. The golf ball has no idea what you look like, who you are, how old you are. The golf ball doesn't know; it's just sitting there, right? It only responds to the way the club meets it. And I really think Jackson, I, I, I almost would just leave him alone, honestly. I would leave him alone, and, and I think that the, the, quirks in his, in, in, the quirks in his delivery and some of the nuances that probably aren't prototype, I think they're always going to be there. I keep saying this over and over, right? Every week we've talked about this. I think this is what you're going to see from him for his career. What you I see think is what just, you get. I think he's just going to be a guy that's athletic, that runs around, that makes some throws, that makes some really good throws, and then makes some kind of puzzling throws. And I think his, I, 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 always, I always think his advantage will be he's fast, and he reads the field really well, and because he's got a runner's mentality. Um, I just hope they don't try and fix him, because I think that would, I think that could hurt him. I think he, he's a natural athlete. I don't think he's a natural quarterback, but he's such a good athlete that he can do this. And he can make the throws. That throw he made to Andrews was right a top-notch throw. Can't make right. it any better than He that. makes the throws in the middle of the field really, really well. Yeah, he's, he, he struggles he outside the numbers. No question. He doesn't have a great throw to the, to the sidelines. Like this Mahomes kid makes that throw as good as anybody I've ever seen. It's unbelievable how good he is he's at it. He's got a rocket. It's, un, it's incredible. Um, and Ben makes that throw really, really well still, too. But um, I think it's been, it's just, it's, it's an amazing story. We it's an amazing it. story, right? I mean, it's like a fairy tale almost, that they were four and five and sort of out of it. Yeah, this has got was, Hollywood written all over, doesn't 100%. it? hundred percent. And, and some of it doesn't have to do with them either, right? Pittsburgh was seven, two, and one, and had a fairly easy chunk of the schedule in the middle of the season that they coughed up mm-hmm. and then they beat the Patriots which was sort of unforeseen and could have should have would have beat the Saints but didn't and now all of a sudden the Ravens go from the doghouse to the you know to the to the garden spot and all they got to do is beat the Browns which we'll talk about because yeah, I don't think that's a slam dunk well, just because I don't think it's a slam dunk because the league's insane it is insane. nothing to do with the Ravens but but back to Lamar for a second with respect to his throwing motion I, I talked to a quarterback's coach last week and he said, look, the thing that you have to keep in mind, and you know this as a golfer too, you've got 22 years of muscle memory built up in that Correct. throwing motion. To break that down, he said, he used Rivers as an example. He said, look at Rivers. There's not a quarterback's coach in the world that wouldn't want to change that, but when you see the results, you just, what can we do to make it better, not change it. He's been throwing that way since he was at NC State. Right. 
He's been shot putting the ball like that. He cups it almost. You know? yeah, right. He's been throwing the ball like that for his whole career. Tebow did the same thing. Tebow had a, a, a long, like they always would say about Tebow, he's got to shorten up the time that the ball's in his hand. Long right? delivery. He, Remember Leftwich? Right. He almost looked like Jim Palmer. Right. But, you know, those guys all made it. I mean, Tebow won a national championship and played the NFL and was pretty successful, albeit quirky. Right? He right. was decent. He just wasn't, he was Lamar light. Tebow was the same sort of mold. He just, you know, he ran a 4-9 and <laughs> Jackson runs a 4-3. And there's a huge difference, or whatever the numbers are. Um, but I, I wouldn't change anything about, I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't change anything about this kid. I would leave him alone and just let him learn the game more. And as the game slows down, he'll, he'll be fine. I, and I still don't know if he's going to be a 10-year a guy in the league. I think, the again, the history of the league suggests that this style of play sort of burns out more quickly than Brady and Breeze and, and no Rodgers and Ben. Um, but, you know, hey, if they get five really good years out of him and he wins a Super Bowl along the way, he can go after year five. <laughs> go, you know. Thank you. We'll see you. We'll go draft somebody else. I'm a big fan of trying to get the most out of a quarterback during their rookie contract. 100%. And have somebody on well, deck. And, and if you look around the league, that's a great point. If you look around the league, with the notable exception of the four that are in there right now who are obviously Hall of Famers, Rodgers, Brady, Breeze, and Ben, if you look at those other than those, get rid of those four, the first contract thing is really, really critical. Like, you got to win in that, in, in that first yep. five or six years. Because the problem is, when you do, you saw, it with, you saw it with the Falcons. You saw it when they didn't win. But you saw it with the Falcons. You saw it with the Ravens, um, Seattle. When you cough up all that money to the quarterback after you've won, then he's already taking a sizable chunk of the cap with him which is really what's hamstrung the Ravens. It's, no question. It's hamstringing, in some ways, the Falcons. They can't put a defense together because they've spent so much money on this kid at quarterback, and arguably rightfully so, and they've given him two or three really good wide receivers, as they should, but their defense has suffered because of it. you got to have that guy that can really carry the team, and you mentioned four that can. And if you can't carry a team, then you have to have reinforcements, and that's where the Ravens got into the mess with Joe. And the, the, look, at, they went to the playoffs five straight years with Joe under a rookie contract because they could afford to support it, you know, with him, with good players right. around him. So that's, you know, Mahomes is going to cash in, obviously, at one point, some point in time. So the Chiefs right now have a good situation in that they can get the most out of him. What teams do you, are you concerned about for the Ravens? Because the team that I was concerned about was the Chargers because I, I like their fast defense. I thought that would be a, a tough match for Lamar. But I look around, and I don't know that there's another defense besides the Chargers, it looks like they could face them again, that, that I really am concerned about for Lamar. I, right. I would agree on all those points, except the one thing I would say about the Chargers is uh, I, I don't think that that venue that where they play is any advantage for them at all. What a terrible field. It's terrible. It feels terrible. The venue is awful. You know you're playing in a, a basically in a hot, what looks to you to be a high school stadium. Um, I think the Chargers are the kind of team, if they were to come here, and it looks like they will if all things work out, if they were to come here uh, the first weekend in January and it's 57 and it's decent weather, I would be concerned about them because I think they, he has a lot of weapons, and I, I'm not so sure that playing away from home 
wouldn't potentially benefit the Chargers more than when they there's something about that kid playing in his own building that gets to him and you look at his history he's lost a lot of big games in his in his own stadium um I'm not, again I'm not overly concerned about the Chargers coming here but they're legit you're, you're not going to finish you know whatever they're going to finish uh 12 and 4 without being good um you know, I, would I want to go to Kansas City? Eh, you know, I'd probably prefer not to just because that kid has so m- much skill and the Hill kid is an incredible receiver. And if they can run the ball just a little bit, they're going to be a tough out. That said, you know, the Raven, it, 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 the Ravens get the ball too. Kansas City's got to figure out a way to stop them. You don't ever really want to go to New England because you know that you're playing them and the referees, but... At this stage, you're going to play whoever you're going to play, right? I mean, Are actually, you saying the Patriots the funny, get it at home field advantage? Uh, the Come funny on. thing is, <laughs> I'll answer your question. The team I probably would prefer not to play at all would be Houston. That's a tough matchup. I, I, I would rather. With those two guys on the edges. And well, those two guys on the edges and this insane receiver they have, oh. Hopkins. Now, Thomas good is done. Is he? He's the best in the league. He I is. He's I the agree. best in the league. Um, now, he has got 96 targets and zero he, drops. He doesn't have a drop all year. Incredible. He doesn't drop the pass all year. It's incredible. And he makes some Spider-Man catches, right. too. He made, he made some catches in the Eagles game that were absolutely unbelievable. Um, they have receivers. Now, Demarius Thomas being out nicks them a little bit. But the kid that came in for them, uh, Watson threw him a 50-yard touchdown pass on the second play that he was in there for. He uh, showed uh, some toughness, too, Watson. Watson, yes. he's, he's a warrior. That kid's a hell of a quarterback. He's like Wilson. He, yeah, they're, good, good they're, the, they're the next echelon. If this, if our guy in Baltimore, Jackson, could be as good as Watson or, or Wilson, we'd be in great shape. I, that's I think a Houston, big if. Uh, no, no doubt. Those guys are really good. Um, I think Houston is a really interesting team. I, they, they, they could, if they finish, uh, the Patriots are going to beat the Jets, I think, and Houston's going to wind up being the three seed. I could see them going to Kansas City and giving Kansas City a fight. I could see them going to Kansas City, same same sort of style as us, a little bit. You know that they can they can d up on them just enough to stay in the game, and their offense m- might be good enough to compete. Watson is a really a good quarterback. So uh, that summary is, I just want the Ravens to get in, and we'll f- play anybody, right? Um, but once you get in there, you, you, you can't afford any mistakes. You can't afford Judon hitting a quarterback in the head after he's thrown the ball. You can't afford to drop interceptions. That are, you know, once you get in those games, man, you got to play almost perfect to beat those teams. When you watched the game live and you saw the Gates fumble, did you think it was a fumble live? I didn't. I thought, it, I, I thought he was down. It was close. I thought he was down. Right. Um, same thing happened in Pittsburgh or in New Orleans. On that last play, they could easily make an argument. He had been tackled. He had been tackled. He wasn't going anywhere. He was on his back looking up at the sky when the ball came out. Um, so, you know, the, but the games, and I wrote this um, on Monday at Drew's Morning Dish, the games are the league. I'm trying to remember how I worded it. You know, the league is incredibly frustrating. The referees are, like, sort of borderline corrupt, in my opinion, when I watch the games. Like, they called that penalty on the – the Crabtree in the game at, at Kansas City it was a complete embarrassment. The call in the New Orleans game against um, Pittsburgh, Hayden, outrageous. <laughs> like, in no way was that pass interference in the end zone. 
I mean, the one thing you say about the Crabtree penalty, not defending it because it was awful, is at least it wasn't in the end zone. This penalty that they called on Hayden was in the end zone. It was awful. So the referees are sort of corrupt. The, the, the ball bounces in all kinds of crazy ways, right? I mean, the fumble the other night, the Hurst has just got to fall on the football. But Chris um, Moore, as he's trying to get to it, kicks his arm and it hits the ball. Like, it's a matter of it. If Chris Moore doesn't hit his arm, then the ball's just laying there and Hurst scoops it up. Instead, they scoop it up. So the ball bounces crazy. The referees are awful. The rules are completely stupid. Another perfect example, and I forget what game this was. They're all running together. The, there was a spot where it might have been the Eagles-Houston game, or it might have even been the Pittsburgh game. I don't remember. They all run together. But there was a spot that was marked wrong. The referees called it. They went over and watched the, the replay, found out the spot was wrong, and the team lost either 10 seconds or a timeout. I remember that. I, I, I forget to who game it, was. it was. I don't remember either. Um, I think it may have been the Houston game. Oh, that's exactly the game it was. Yeah. It was the Houston-Philadelphia game. Right. So they, so they lose a timeout, or 10 seconds, runs off the clock, because the referees didn't spot the ball right the first time. I mean, <laughs> how does that make any sense at it, all? It makes no we, sense. We didn't do anything wrong. You messed up. You and went to the, the replay to see that you messed up, right. and then you're penalizing right. you for and, time. And, and, so, and then to, to that point about the challenges, if you call, you know, that can is there, and I say it was there, and the replay shows it was there, and I was right and you were wrong, why do you charge me? Why, do, why does that even count? Right. Why does that accrue towards the two that I get? You messed up. You messed up. I should, it, it, that whole thing shouldn't even count. Now, if I challenge it and it doesn't work out in my favor, you know, dock me a challenge. Right. But it's, it, the rules are crazy. The league's nuts. No one can figure out. The league is out. nuts. It, 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 it's unbelievable. It never, if anybody bets on football, they're crazy. It, it, it's, it's, what, it, it's sort of what I think keeps these coaches, it's what kind of keeps the coaches sane in a time when they're otherwise all probably clinically insane is I think they <laughs> I think they they drive into work every day and they say you know there's no telling what's going to happen today when they go into the stadium on a Sunday right there is no telling who's going to win or who's going to lose we and that's why like we just gotta we gotta win we have to win we just if we win we'll let we'll see what all the other things happen but I think it's what keeps these coaches going every day is they can't figure it out because if they could figure it out they probably you know it's like Philly right now has to the Bears have to beat the Vikings and Philly has to win for Philly to make the playoffs right Bears really don't have much to play for Vikings have to win to get in Philly has to go to DC but it's very easy for the Philly coach to say hey Chicago could go there and win Kirk Cousins could tears ACL in the third play of the game. Knock on wood. But, you know, I mean, anything can happen. The Vikings can be ahead 17-10, to 10 and Cousins could, guy could fall on Cousins' shoulder, and he's out for the rest of the game. Mariota, like, he was knocked out of the right. game. The Redskins had an opportunity to take that right. game, but they didn't. Right. So you just you go in there every day, and I guess that's what's how the Ravens have done this from 4-5, and five, is you just 
You got a game Sunday, we got to win. You got a game Sunday, we got to win. You got a game, we got to win. You just keep going. So you mentioned the coaches. What did you think about John, the announcement of the extension? Were you surprised? Um, no, well, no. I mean, not surprised in that. Um, not surprised in that Steve wants him back. Was I surprised that they announced it on that Friday? At oh, 7 you know, o'clock? That was kind of uh, weird, a right? A little bit. It's sure. usually when you tuck things away, right? Right. Well, they, obviously, it was completely planned out that way. It was 4 o'clock out west. It was completely planned for the team to be able to say to the players during the meetings on Friday night, John's coming back. And if you heard the players afterwards, two or three of them, um, Jefferson, Judon, and one other guy. Hey, Weddle. I don't remember who it was, said, hey, that was really a relief to us. Like, we, we really, we could relax and just play. Like, I thought that was an important admission from a few of them on Saturday night after the game, that, that the announcement helped calm them down a little bit. Um, it was a gamble, because if they lose 33-10 to 10 on um, Saturday night, oh, all hell's going to break loose. So it was a gamble. But I think they, I never, you know, I said this when we were sitting in here, two months ago. I never believed the story about them mutually parting company. Never believed that. I never thought that was even remotely a possibility. John's not quitting. He's just not. And I don't they, think they it's, would have a, to it's fire. in his DNA to even think about those kinds of things during the season. He, he's got a task at right. hand. He seems right. to be a grinder in that it, way. Correct. Correct. That's, a, that's the perfect description. He, it, he, he wanted a, an extension and maybe, maybe there was a leak that got funneled out to help percolate that a little bit. And maybe the reporter bit the hook. That's possible. Mm -hmm. I, you know, John wouldn't play that game, but John's agent might. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, Steve's just not the kind of guy to up and fire someone. Unless he feels, and I think this is the difference between Brian and in 07 and, and Harbs now, the team kind of quit on Brian that year. They had some injuries. That the locker team, room was toxic. But the team kind of just said, we got to get rid of this guy, right? I'll never forget McAllister. This was about the, might have been the second or third day of John's tenure out at the old facility, and they had practiced twice. You, back then you were still allowed to practice two times. And I will never forget, I was like coming around the corner and McAllister was sitting here talking to someone, don't remember who, but I remember kind of just getting to the edge of the locker and he was facing that way and he said, we ain't practicing twice a day or we're going to have to run this guy out of town and be ran Billick out. And I thought, well, that's pretty interesting eavesdropping yeah, statements. C-Mac and John got a well, well and real well, didn't they? Well, yeah, I mean, he didn't last <laughs> no. six games. The whole T-shirt incident in the Miami Hotel. Yeah, I mean, he didn't last six games, right? He was right. out after six or right. seven games. Uh, but, that, but, you know, McAllister, that sort of statement of if we keep these two, uh, keep up with these two-day practices, we're going to run this guy out like we did Billick, that was pretty telling. So, Do you think that there may be some prerequisites for John, if he's going to have this extension, like we talked about in previous shows, is Marty the guy going forward? May they want to tweak that a little bit, given Lamar. And we talked about this last week, too, that 
in John's press conference, and we talked about how he uses words strategically in mm -hmm. those press conferences, he let off crediting the offense with Greg Roman. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if there was a mm -hmm. message, a subtle message in that. Well, I think, look, if they win on Sunday against the Browns and they beat the Chargers here and they go to Kansas City and win or lose, um, and I'm just doing the math real quick, that would be 5-1, 6-1, 7-1, 7-2, right? 5-1, and 6-1 and one to end the season, 7-1, seven 7-2, and, one, seven and two, if they were to lose. Pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, win or lose, they would finish seven and two with John and Marty and Lamar as a group, right? Kind of hard to fire Marty if they're seven and two. And granted, you know, it's not all. This is such a team game. It's not all about the offense. I get it. Um, short story or short answer to your question is: I think John will always retain the right to employ his offensive coordinator. And I think if that were to get stripped from him or otherwise his authority there would be reduced, I think he would say, oh, can't do this. And that's my opinion. I, I don't think, and, and in fairness Fair to enough. the coach, and in fairness to the coach, uh, even though we can sit here and go through the list of them and scratch our heads, right? In fairness to the coach, not to John, the coach. If the coach can't pick his own coaches, he, he shouldn't be the coach, right? to me. You know, that, that really usurps most of his authority of, I run the program here. I run the the football program, right? So, and when you look at this team, they—I can't think of a game where they didn't play for him. They always play hard. Hundred percent. And I don't think that you know those video clips that you see sometimes on the Ravens website of what's happening in the locker room after a game. You can't fake that emotion. That's real. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's there may be a handful of guys that don't buy into his rah rah stuff. A lot of guys didn't buy into Rays. Right. But Ray was. I remember Joe. Ray was saying, one of the, I don't even know what Ray's talking right, about. I remember <laughs> Chester Taylor once, like they accidentally someone kind of shifted, and while Ray was barking about something in the locker room, and they were filming it, and some guy shifted, and Chester Taylor was like rolling his eyes, and they caught it. You know, like Chester Taylor's like, "Geez, this guy driving me insane." But hey, Hall of Fame linebacker, one of the five best players maybe in the history of the league, and a coach that if. Um, this is a big statement, right? Knock on wood. No. If they get to the Super Bowl this year, if they get to the Super Bowl, John's got a pretty reasonable shot at going to the Hall of Fame. If they win, he's kind of a lock, right? I mean, how funny is that? Right. He might, John Harbaugh could be four or five wins away from going to the Hall of Fame. That's why, it's like you said, this league's crazy. It's nuts. Things change if so they, fast. If they, if they run the table here, because really they can't lose again, right? I mean, the, the, Every game they could game. lose, but Pittsburgh would have to lose to the Bengals. So let's let's assume they wouldn't, right? right. The Ravens are now Steelers playing. Steelers are sixteen and a half point favorites. Yeah, the Ravens are now playing playoff football. Saturday was sort of, kinda a playoff game. It felt like one. Well, it, it, really it did. was in the fact that if Tennessee and Indianapolis both won, which they did, then the Ravens would no longer control their own destiny. So, um, if they run the table here and don't lose a game from December the, whatever, the 16th, they will, have, they will go from December 16th to February 3rd without losing a game with a rookie quarterback, a rookie running back, um, a collection of wide receivers, none of which are stars by any means. If they win the Super Bowl, John's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He'd have two Super Bowl championships in 11 years. You can start going through the list of coaches 
and there's about four that probably could say that. And guess where they all are? A lot of work to be done before you. Oh can, no, no, no! I know, that. but uh, but just on the, just sort of from thirty-five thousand feet, he's got plenty of years left to coach. John's on the cusp of going to the Hall of Fame. For all the people in town who think he's terrible and he stinks and can't believe they're doing this and he's awful and he can't coach a lick, and I've been one to be critical of some of the in-game clock management things that he does. Hard not to be. Right. I've been very critical of him for that. But I got news for you. Andy Reid's probably going to the Hall of Fame, and he's been the worst at it. Well, it's like (laughs) anything else. You focus on the coach that coaches your team. 100%. And the the warts. and you You see them. I'm sure every town, even the Patriots fans, probably sometimes are going to criticize Bill Oh, well, you Jeff. know who's getting annihilated. I mean, completely. They have dug a hole six feet deep up in Pittsburgh for Tomlin. <laughs> no question. For the fake punt call, right? They've, and, and it always goes back to this. Look, was it a good call, a bad call? It's easy to say now it was a terrible call. It was the wrong thing to do in that moment, given, and this was always my argument with John, given what had been happening in the game. They had been, that last four series, they had stopped the Saints routinely. They, they had found something and punt the ball down there to the 10-yard line and stop them. And if you stop them one time, it's pretty much game over. Even if you get that first down, even if you get it at the 50, you, you're, you're still, you're, this football game is still going on. Right. And if you're going to go for it on fourth and five at the 50, if you're going to do that, which is a sizable gamble, but if you're going to do that, bring one of the best quarterbacks in football over the last 15 years and the best wide receiver in the league, arguably, and this other kid, Schuster Smith, and the two tight ends. Bring them all in and get five yards. Let's play why offense. Would you, why would you try that? So they're getting the element I mean, of surprise. They're crushing Tomlin in Pittsburgh. And, and I, got, I got to tell you, I mean, the Rooney family doesn't, they seem a lot like, you know, John, I mean, Steve's always patterned himself after Pittsburgh, which drives us all nuts. They don't seem like they would fire Tomlin over this, but they were 7-2-1. and one. They might finish 8-7-1, and one, having lost to Oakland, Denver, and having been ahead in New Orleans, and you try to fake punt the 50-yard line. That might be, so that they, might be a fireable offense. If they're out of the playoffs, is he, is he gone? That might be a fireable offense. Yeah. He's been there a long time. And they're now at the beginning of a new, you know, my guess is, Ben's going to probably play another year, but they're at the beginning of a change. They're going through a period of not that unlike what we're going through, where quarterback change, legacy, you know, period of the franchise coming to an end. They had a great run with Cower. They gave the team to Tomlin. They had a nice run. He won a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the times are changing. They're going to bring in a new quarterback. And so it's natural that it might be time to make a change at coach. Steve just, Steve's faced the same thing and elected to stay. I know some people say, well, why, why is Harbaugh always up for a discussion in terms of being fireable? And I think that Steve introduced that last year when he said at that press conference, I considered it. Mm-hmm. So when you say that last year, you almost give everybody the impression we're going to give you another year and see what you do with this. And I think it's a, a fair assumption to say that, okay, if you get in the playoffs, you'll keep your job. That's kind of how it's playing out. I mean, that's what it felt like, you know. And I, but I, would, I always said this, so much of it depended on how you missed it. If you just kind of plod along and you go 6-10 and 10 and you stink like 
the Ravens did when Billick got canned and they were 5-11. and 11. That is completely different than when Tyler Boyd, and when Andy Dalton throws the ball and Tyler Boyd catches it because Mosley is 6'2 and not 6'3. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's how you miss it. And to go back to the thing in Pittsburgh, the way they might miss it is unbelievable. 7-2-1, playing a couple of patsies. Well, Denver at the time was okay. Oakland was terrible. And the field goal kicker, you know, funniest story about the whole thing for Pittsburgh is that kid missed that field goal in Cleveland on opening day. If he makes it, they win. If they win that game, all they got to do is beat the Bengals this Sunday and they win the division. That That's tie right. killed them. That's right. In hindsight, the tie killed them. So let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Browns and the Ravens game. How many timeouts do we have left? Are we okay? This is the are, we only taking time? A, are we taking a timeout? Our clock right manager's time? down to one timeout, Drew. So we'll be right back. Why PMI? I get asked that question all the time, and I love answering it. I've been leading this team for 16 years, and PMI has been and remains an industry leader. We get all the support of an industry leader, national company, while managing our loan flow locally. Our realtor partners and our customers get a team committed to customer service. They also get a team that knows our local markets. We closed 2,300 loans last year and the future looks very, very bright. We love telling our story and would love to help you with your next transaction. Reach out to me or anyone on my team anytime. We'd love to help. All right, and welcome back into the Primary Residential Mortgage Armchair Quarterback. You handled that well for being hungover. Right? Yeah. I don't, you, hung, I don't know if I'm hung over just, yet, Drew. Or, 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 yeah, I get it. That's coming. Yeah, right. You're, you're still there, wherever that is. Yeah, for the listeners, I celebrated my birthday with some friends down at Colada Pub. So, Michael Clark, thanks for your hospitality down there yesterday. But, wow. You know, I, I thought... How old are you? I mean, don't you do this when you're 26? You're my age. I'm What's 29 for the second time. <laughs> yeah, right. I got it. I got it. Speaking of beer, I got a nice text from uh, Dean over in England. Yes. Who uh, had a pint in his hand and said, uh, wish you all Merry Christmas. So. Well, he sent me a text, a picture text of um, on the subway, Mind okay. the Gap. Uh, mind the Gap. Yeah, he sent that to me, too. He sent that same thing to me. That right. was Mind funny. the Gap, right. So, yeah, we missed him today. I'm sure he's having a great time. Interesting choice of... Way of celebrating Christmas to go over to London. That's I know. really cool. He he just um, his wife just to tell you what, like a w- real quick one minute story. His wife told this interesting story at dinner when we went to the Dave Matthews concert, and it I it I I, I kind of got it like because I've learned I've I've known Dean for a long time, but I've really started to know a lot more about him over the last maybe five years. They went on a family trip to Colorado for. Christmas. This is a long, this is like five or six years ago. They were going, they were stopping in Colorado and going somewhere else. And I want to say they were going to like Utah. But when they got to Colorado, something happened to the flight. And their bags were the question. The question wasn't whether or not they were going to make this flight. The question was their bags somehow had been like diverted. And Dean said, look, if you can't get us the bags, we're not going to go to Utah without any clothes. We'll just go to Florida. (laughs) <laughs> and Dean's wife's like, what do you mean we'll go to Florida? And he's like, well, all you need there are shorts and a T-shirt. If you go to winter, if you go someplace where it's cold, you got to layer up. He said to the lady at the airline counter, he goes, just book us a couple, just book us tickets to Daytona Beach. We're just going to go to Florida. We don't, we don't have to worry. Good you know, choice. Like, they, I think they wound up still being okay, but like his, his thought was, we'll just go to Florida. Like on the, you know, right, just like that. Like, I love spontaneity. Yeah, right. we'll just go to Florida. <laughs> So, yeah, we missed Dean today. So, anyway, let's talk about the Browns. 
Any concerns for this game right now? Yeah, I mean, sure. They, they, uh, you know, they could finish above 500. That kid They've, Mayfield worries He's me. legit. He I mean, he's a legit. He's going to be around for a while. He'll be, we'll, I, I'll make this prediction. Hopefully we're still doing this in a couple of years. We're going to grow to really dislike him, I think. He's a very, he is, he reminds me a lot of Roethlisberger. If he's with you, if he's on your team, you love him. You love him. If not, you despise him. I got a feeling we're not going to like him. He's got that swagger about him. And he's good. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's good. He'll I don't back think he's great, but, you know, yeah. He's good. He's a fighter. Um, you know, he, he's, he went from a couple different schools. He was, and you could tell, he's got a list. You know, he, when he was at Oklahoma and the school that gave up on him, he mentioned them. Um, he's clearly got some issue, some axe to grind with Hugh Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. So might have gone back to the beginning of the season when Jackson didn't start him. So um, they've played much better under Greg Williams. I mean, there's no question about that. They were just, they were kind of getting close with Hugh, but they've gone, I mean, they're a dangerous, they're a dangerous team. They've got some weapons offensively. They're not great against the run. That's the one thing that hopefully is going to help us is they haven't seen Lamar. And they're not very good against the run. But they can score. Uh, all the pressure's on the Ravens. There's no pressure at all on Cleveland. Um, you know, in the, uh, at the pro level, I'm not sure that always matters. But you do have to consider it. It's got to be mistake-free for the Ravens. And the Browns can kind of freewheel it, like they did Sunday when they had Landry throw that 60-yard pass. They, they can freewheel it a little bit. And there's, you know they'd love to win. There's nothing they would love better than to beat the Ravens no and doubt. knock the Ravens out of the playoffs. 100%. And that uh, town of Cleveland would go insane. 100%. Right. So, but, you know, that, and they I have the people c- come to the game. And that's going to be an issue as the week goes on. Oh, that win in, in L.A.? I, that's a 40,000-seat swing, I, 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 I think. I hope the stadium is going to be filled. Um, and, and by that, meaning even the people who have said, I don't want to go, and even the people who say, you know, I'm away that weekend, or I just don't feel like going down there. It's now it's a 4:30 game. It's dark. And that's sure I want to be downtown at night. All those people. I just hope they can get rid of their tickets. Because to me, that's been the biggest issue. The biggest issue isn't that they haven't sold out the games. Like that's the white elephant in the room. Is they've they're, they're, they've been trying to peddle 3,000 tickets, 4,000 per game all season, and haven't really been able to do it. Right. That's one thing. When ten or twelve thousand people, and it really isn't ten or twelve thousand people, it's more like four or five thousand who own two and a half tickets on average. When five thousand people can't sell their tickets, and those ten or twelve thousand seats are empty, that's a bad sign. And I'm really hoping that doesn't happen on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, if 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 that game kicks off and there's fifty six thousand people in the stadium instead of seventy, that's a problem. Yeah, I think that it's going to be one of those games. I think there's I think an excitement around. Be there. Yeah, no I think there's an excitement back in the city. I don't city. think it helps that the game got moved to 425. No, it doesn't at all. But I, it, you know, I, I still think people are going to want to be there, for sure. So the Browns, they're they're a talented team. They got a lot of good young players. They're playing better under Williams. They're six point underdogs. It's a division game. The way I see this thing unfolding, it's going to be ugly. Better not have Perryman. Involved. It'll be like nine to six at halftime. Well, remember, the, remember when the Ravens got in, and this is off the top of my head, so if I'm wrong, correct me. The, when the Ravens got in in fourteen, right? Because they didn't make it in thirteen. 
They made it in 14, then they missed it 15, 16, 17. They had to beat the Browns on the last day to get in. And they were losing in the fourth quarter. Check that. I will. See if I'm right. That's just all. They, they played the Browns the last game of the season and had to win to get in, I think, and beat them. So that would have been the last game of the 14 season. I remember when they had Here to get go. in in 2012, and they were playing like bad quarterbacks down the stretch, and they, they limped into the playoffs. All right, let's see. So they, they were 10-6 and six last, like December 28th. They won 20-10. to 10. Let's look at the box score. See what they were it. losing in the fourth. They were losing in the second half 100%. They were down 10 to 3 after three quarters. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Pretty good memory. I remember a lot of goofy stuff. They were losing 10 to 3 going into the fourth quarter. They scored 17 points. Yep. So exact same scenario played out. And they and they and that Cleveland team was terrible. They were all terrible back then. I guess they were. You're making me nervous. <laughs> well, I just remember that. I remember the Ravens having to beat the Browns the last game of the year to get in and it took them I think they intercepted a pass. Even you can even look there and see. I I think there was a big interception that changed the whole thing, or a fumble. Like, they, eight minutes left, maybe Torrey Smith scored the touchdown to put him ahead. But it, it was close with eight minutes to go. It was like a, they were losing. Well, you know, the thing with this Browns team and the Ravens, you don't – it's hard not to overlook them because of the Browns. And, by the way, they were 10-point favorite against the Bengals. When's the last time the Browns were 10-point favorite? Here's the funniest part. When I, did the, when I did my picks for my website, they were nine-and-a-half-point favorites, right? And I do this thing every week where I pick five games, so I picked the Browns. They're nine-and-a-half-point favorites. I picked the Browns. It's 26-3 to three with 12 minutes left in the game. And I'm like, well, that's a win. 26-10. Then they score to make it 26-16. I'm like, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go for two here. And, and they if did. they make it, they're going to cover. Covered. And they made it. Covered the line. If, that, if I had bet the game, that would be enough – to get you to quit gambling right up until the 4:30 games came on, and then you got to try to make your money back. In this game in 2014, the Ravens were 13 and a half point favorites. Over, the over one under thing was 39. Concern. That's how bad the Browns were. The over under was 39 and a half. Right. And the Ravens were 13 and a half point favorites. Right. And they didn't, and they still didn't hit it. Yeah. Um, the one thing that would concern me a little bit is just because it's sports, and I believe in market correction, is the Ravens are due for a little bit of a stinker. They've played six really good games in a row. They weren't great against the Bengals or the Raiders, but they held serve, and they were fine. And in the second half, they played when they needed to play. Um, they've played, you know, they didn't play great against Tampa Bay, but that, was a, that performance was plenty fine enough for them to win. They're, I'm really, that would be the only concern, would be just from the standpoint of the football gods, market correction, and just the way it goes. It's kind of hard to string together seven really good performances in a row. It is, but I looked at... I still got them winning, though. <laughs> I don't think they're losing the Browns at home. No. I, I just don't. I don't think so either. But, I don't. But I, I look at... They better I listen, I listen to some of the guys after the game, particularly Weddle, and I forgot who was interviewing him, but he was talking... They were trying to get him to be proud of their accomplishments on the road against Phillip Rivers. And he was like, you know, we, we had a really good game plan. Wink called a great... We had a great scheme, and we executed the scheme really well. And they allowed me to move around the back and change things on the fly. So he, was, he knew Philip Rivers and, and knew how he operated. So it all worked out successfully. But the thing that he left us with was that, you know what, we still have work to do next week. And we've blown it before. So that's, I think, in the back of their collective mind mm-hmm. right now, the, the, the team. The yeah, defense. that's the one thing, like I said before, that is a little bit of a 
worry is just that Cleveland can come in and freewheel it, and the Ravens have have developed a, an odd sort of proclivity for having these games on the line down the stretch. The Antonio Brown outstretched arm, the um, the game against the Bengals. Like they, you know, we just ugh. well, we know it's developed a little bit. No, don't say we know Perryman. it's going to happen. No way. <laughs> Not Perryman. No, Anybody gonna, but Perryman. It's going to be 24 to 20. It's no. going to be a fourth and 13. Not Perryman. And they'll have the ball at the 50-yard line. Baker Mayfield will be dropping back. We're like, oh, this is not again. And anybody but Perryman. And, and he's dying to have an impact. You know that. No doubt right? about it. So what did he do yesterday? I don't even see the game. I don't know. But you just it's just the football gods, right? I mean, right. like, Weddle, the football gods treated Weddle to a gift Saturday night. And you can see the football gods saying to Perryman, you know, you were a pretty good soldier when you were there. All right, right, cut it out, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I'm wrong. Um, I mean, I don't think. I, I say the Ravens are going to win. Um, I say they win 26-13. 26-13. I'm going to say 24-20. Oh, wow. It's going to be a one-score nail-biter. I hope not. That's just what they do to us, right? I know. I know. But we love it. I'll say it's, it's the Ravens. I'll say 26-13. So we got to win. So. A, you know, and hey, look, they get a home game out of this, right? And the uh, Chargers come in, and you got to feel pretty good about that. You do. Too. I think they had a great game plan. I don't think there's anything they would change. They might change a few things offensively. Of course, they'll adjust, too. But I like their chances at home mm-hmm. against the Chargers. If yeah, that's the way too. it plays out. I do, too. So, All right, man. Merry right, Christmas happy to you. Happy hangover. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> Merry Christmas. It's going to happen soon. Merry Christmas. Thank you for the uh, the Duke Claw yeah, beer. You're, you're welcome. Keeping me going. Absolutely. I'll so. see you um, next year. Yes, yeah, see you next I'll year. See you next we'll year. have Dean back with us. Yeah, we will. All, All right. right. That's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Merry Christmas.